Welcome to the Geopets Podcast, where we scratch your cultural curiosity itch, one niche at a time. Our shows include books, language, internet, podcasting, and coffee, because how could you have a podcast without coffee? I beg of you. Hey, this is Steph. I am your host for this month of daily postings, also known as Napod Pomo, which takes the entire month to say without stumbling. I did it. Yes, it is National or International Podcast Posting Month, where a bunch of us around the world are posting a podcast episode every day of the month. (sighs) Actually, coming up this week, we're going to be talking about Napod Pomo as a whole, some reflections and interviews connected to that specifically. But for today, we're still sticking with the language show theme that we've been doing all month. And uh, that is one of our regular shows on the podcast. What I wanted to do today was to quickly go through, I say quickly, I suck it quickly, which is part of the point. We've been doing very short shows for the month of November as an experiment. Uh, And by we, I mean myself and the guests that have volunteered to come on this month. I at the last minute's notice because that's how disorganized I was the first week. Yay! Okay, so normally our conversations in this podcast, especially for the language show, that used to be called Changing Scripts and is now just generically called The Language Show, is generally 60 to 90 minutes. 60 to 90 minutes, because we can't shut up. It's really fun to talk to people about their language story, how they got started with languages, their relationship with languages, different things that happened and that they discovered about themselves, about the languages they were learning, and all of the details that come in that. I love it. It's so much fun. It's ridiculously fun. I was a language teacher for a long time, about 15 years. Um, uh, for I was a language teacher, and I moved into being a writing teacher for second language learners of English. And I, I had a lot of enjoyable moments and a lot of cultural insights into uh, my students' lives and backgrounds and different things. And so I really enjoy this ability to actually dig into the language learning process, not just to teach people something. I've always wanted to ask my students many, many questions, and there was never time or it really wasn't the place in the classroom to do that. So now I'm doing it with other people at other times on this podcast in the language show. So I want to quickly go over who we've interviewed from the beginning of the language show to now and some tiny tidbits about those people's stories, because after this month is over, we'll go back to occasionally having language episodes, not having them every day, for sure. For sure, we will not have anything every day ever again. This was stressful, people. (laughs) Editing every day, even if it is 10 minutes, which it's never 10 minutes, is very, very difficult. But I don't need to tell you that. A lot of you are pod- podcasters and a lot of you do your own creative work. And so I understand that you understand the intensity of this experience. And I'm, I'd am be happy to finish it on day 30. Thank God November's not 31 days. But boy, oh boy, I will, I will not do this lightly ever again. So let's go back to the beginning. Da, 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 da. Who was our first person? I think I already mentioned that. Uh... I think I mentioned that yesterday. That was Phil, who talked to us very recently yesterday <laughs> about his reading uh, of um, of the book To Live. 
And my gosh, his episode was so interesting, wasn't it? Phil was our first person to join us. And he actually joined us in a cafe right next to my apartment that I'm still in a year and a half later. Uh, The cafe is no longer here, but we sat in that cafe with my old terrible mic and my old phone and we recorded, I think, three or four 20 minute videos and I spliced those together. And it was definitely the beginning of something. Um, Phil was so good, as you can tell from yesterday's episode, Phil was so good at explaining things. And he's, he's just ridiculously fluent in the language, which is a compliment, not an insult. And he's just a really fun guy to talk to. He's he's experienced so much and he's he's really, really knowledgeable. So that episode was super fun to do. And that was my first language show. And that was, it was a bit nerve wracking because I didn't really have a set list of questions yet. I had questions I always wanted to ask people, especially about Mandarin Chinese, because there are so many things I didn't understand then that some of them I still don't understand now. So I definitely had questions, but I wasn't a terribly organized interviewer yet. So that was, uh, that was hard. That was very, very hard. But that is episode four, Geopats four. And, um, that was really fun to do. So thank you, Phil, for being this. This is now the third time that he's been on the show. He was on the show there, and you'll hear about the second one coming soon. But I want to do these in order. That's Geopats 4. Then we skip ahead. Oh, there he is again. Geopats episode 10. He joined us with Yifei, which is a local college student in Shanghai. And uh, I was trying to get the native English speaker going to learning Mandarin Chinese and the native Mandarin Chinese speaker going to English perspectives in the same room. So it was the three of us. It was my first three-way interview and I was still using my really horrible mic and my old phone and the sound quality is absolutely horrible. And that's the last time I'm going to complain about sound quality because you know what, there's there's more to podcasting than that. But the conversation between them and the questions they started to ask each other towards the end of the interview, which did turn into more of a conversation, which was kind of what I was hoping, was really fun. It was really, really cool to have those two people from two different language perspectives, but both fluent in the other language, talking to each other and me interjecting my own curiosity every now and then too. So that was a really fun one to to make. And that's Geopats 10. Then we have Eric. Oh, gosh, he's so interesting. I met Eric through uh, a local friend who now moved to Japan. (laughs) So sorry, not a local friend, a friend who was in a local book group who was from the US also from California. And then he moved to Japan. But Eric came to one night when we all, when a bunch of us went to a North Korean restaurant, which is now gone from Shanghai, but um, they did like a song and dance and they had the traditional costumes and they had what I thought was delicious food, but I think I was the only one that actually liked the food. Um, (laughs) Supposedly it wasn't really Korean food, but I thought it was really tasty. It was a different palate than what I'd been eating. So it was refreshing to me. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, Eric... (laughs) very, very well read. And he's a native Mandarin Chinese speaker. And he learned uh, English, Japanese and French. And so in Geopets episode 11, we dive into his experiences with the language. And I remember this interview so well, because Eric and I sat down in a coffee shop. Uh, I think it was in the Hongkou district, kind of near the Bund. And I set up again, my old mic. 
on a little stand and we just started talking and I just started asking questions. And again, like every single guest I've been lucky enough to have on here, he explained stuff. And then we just, we dug into his language story and his perspective on languages is really, is very, very cool. I'm, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I feel so lucky right now talking about all these people that I've found to, um, to pick their language brains on. Then on Geopets 12, we had Liv, who is also an American, who moved to Shanghai for kind of for work and kind of for a heritage trip. And she was struggling a little bit identity-wise for reasons that she explains in the episode itself. And um, she, as the title of that episode says, Cantonese feels like home. She had no problem with Cantonese. But Mandarin Chinese was a bit more of a struggle for her. Liv is so intensely articulate and so lovable. Oh, the emotions that come across in her voice were just amazing. Like I was looking at her face going, you're one of those few people. I was thinking, Liv, you're one of those few people that I could close my eyes and still see what your face is doing. Like that's how emotive she was. And it was really, it was really fun to have her, to talk to her. And actually we did that interview also next door at the cafe that's no longer there. I now remember why I started to do interviews in my home because the cafe went down. <laughs> la 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 la. So who did we interview next? So then I interviewed Lucy, who uh, at the time worked for Six Tone. It's an online publication and it's part of the paper. I'm not mispronouncing that. The paper is actually the name of the, the main organization. But uh, the Six Tone is the English version, version and they do very nuanced stories from about China that you don't really hear about anywhere else. And so Lucy worked for them and she, um, her first language or languages was Shanghaiese and Mandarin Chinese. And then she learned English and Japanese after that. That interview, I'm beginning to remember exactly where each interview was. That one was actually at Global Harbor Mall, uh, not in the mall, but kind of one of the restaurants adjacent to it. And it was the only time I've ever been in that place. It was actually really comfortable. I don't know why I haven't been back, but it was the quietest place I could find in a mall because <laughs> malls can get noisy. But Lucy is insanely articulate and her experiences with oh, accuracy and speaking and competition, like language competitions and, and all kinds of things and struggling with English slang um, in her online uh, casual communications with people in the business world and those kinds of things. Those were really interesting things to hear about. And so I hope you go to Geopets number 16 and check out Lucy's language learning story. And then Geopets 17 was the first time that Eric Olander joined us. And he is one of the co-hosts of the China in Africa podcast. He is an American who has spent a large portion of his life in Asia and specifically in China. He has been using Mandarin Chinese for, I want to say, 25 years. Whew. And um, I, was, I was super nervous for that interview because his, his, oh, his ability to be articulate with, with no notice. <laughs> it's just amazing. The man could talk about anything at any point And he would just, it was like the more complex my questions got, the, the more smooth his answers got. It was, it was crazy. And his level of Mandarin is still at, is, is, I don't think I would ever, even if I studied every day for the rest of my life, get to his level. He's, he's been that entrenched in the language in his work and in his personal life and in his, just his interest 
so much that I don't think I, I would ever get to that level. And that's not dissing my ability. It's uh, an admiration for the dedication that he put into his language learning. He actually said at one point that he knew early on that learning Mandarin Chinese was going to be like a marriage. He was going to have to commit or not. And he committed. And he said he's done a language lesson every week for, was it 20 or 25 years? You'll have to go to Geopets number 17 to uh, get that exact information, but for a very long time, a very long time. And that is one of a few times that Eric has been on the Diapaths podcast. And I hope he'll join us again in the future. As I get stronger in my language ability, I have different questions that I like to ask people. <laughs> and I, I feel like I would be able to understand more of their, their nuanced struggles and successes with the language as I understand the language better. So I'm hoping as my language evolves, the questions and the insights into the language and the culture will also evolve. Then we had on Geopets 20, and the reason why the numbers are not one right after the other is because, again, the language show is one of many shows that we have on the Geopets podcast. So uh, Jeremy Tiang, writer, translator, global linguistic soul. Jeremy is amazing. <laughs> He's, everybody's amazing. But Jeremy and I, I just, I had such an interesting time with him. He is one of those intelligent, uh, willingly emotional, emotional, vulnerable thoughtful people that I could just, I could talk to for forever. And his experiences uh, growing up in Singapore with English mostly and Chinese sort of, and then later going on to be a translator and, and, and so much more and a writer and, and, and so much more. He's, he's has an amazing relationship with language. What he puts on his Twitter account, a lot of times are very funny language comparisons or mistranslations that really make you wonder what the cultural reason was for that translation. And so if you are language geeky, you probably want to follow him on uh, Twitter after you listen to Geopats 20. Do, 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 do. And Geopats 22, Ian, one of my coworkers who I talked to just yesterday about learning Mandarin Chinese. Oh my gosh. He was one of the first people that admitted that he used reading as a gateway into Mandarin Chinese. And I breathed a sigh of relief because that was the route I was taking and getting a lot of resistance from people that were just like, it's all about speaking. And I don't think it's all about anything. I think people's relationship to language is very, very personal. And so geeking out about the scripts and and so much more in his language learning journey and how he how he pushed through his first few thousand characters slash words and all those kinds of things are really cool. And I'll never forget one of the first few times I saw Ian, he had this 1950s special edition book on the writing or uh, Mandarin Mandarin Chinese script. And it was a detailed explanation of how to read the script because script is much different looking than the printed characters. And so it was this book on how to read the scripts. That's actually when I knew I needed to interview him because I was like, that's something I need to know about. I'll probably never get to that level of learning, but I think that's something I want to uh, experience vicariously through somebody else who has experienced that. <laughs> we had Zui, who was 
uh, in the PhD program that I did not finish back in the US. Uh, he's still going. I think he has a couple of years left until he's totally, totally done. Um, he's originally from mainland China and um, was studying in the US. And he grew up with Mandarin Chinese and his explanation of the different materials that he that he learned English with growing up was something that a lot of people that I've, I've had a hard time getting specifics on from folks. So it was really interesting to hear his and occasionally his wife in the background um, share <laughs> um, the different things that he used to help him learn and master English. I mean, he's doing a PhD in English, so his English is uh, is incredible to say the least. And I don't even like putting an adjective on it because at, after a certain point, it doesn't need to be said. He's he's bilingual. He's definitely at least bilingual. So that's number 26. Matthew Boyle, you've heard a number of times if you listen to Geopats often, and if you've listened a lot during November, you've heard him. He is, uh, Geopats 29 is the first time I interviewed him. He is the owner and creator and what have you of language card games. And um, yeah, I think he reached out to me back when I had the Changing Scripts YouTube channel. Well, back when it was active and wanted to know if I'd be interested in a free set of the game and would I consider reviewing it? And I was like, yes, yes, and yes, let's go. And I was very, very flattered. I had very few viewers. I was struggling with the language and the fact that somebody valued my opinion on languages was just, it floored me and it was really sweet. And um, and we've been in contact ever since. And so I that was a really enjoyable conversation because Matthew is a massively good storyteller and his his story of how he learned Mandarin Chinese and his relationship to writing and reading and oh really breathing in the language, really, really absorbing, immersing himself and learning as much as he could and full-heartedly practicing it every moment. He is someone who definitely threw himself completely into the language, and I love his language learning story, and I'm so excited that we were able to connect back at, it looks like, late 2018. So, wow, was that really only a year ago? It feels like so long ago. It's so weird because after I have these 60 to 90-minute conversations with the people, and then I keep in contact with them on different social medias and whatnot afterwards, I feel like that intense 60 to 90 minutes adds like a good three to five years of knowing someone. It really feels like it's been a lot longer than a year, Matthew. Anyway, you'll hear his ad for language card games on the podcast. Again, those ads are not paid. Those are ones there for you because I think it's something that would help you um, with your language learning if you're interested in learning Mandarin Chinese. So those are there for you. Okay, who's next? Who's next? Liz is an interpreter and a natural storyteller. Oh my gosh, what is it with these natural storytellers? Geopats, Geopats 31. Liz is again from mainland China and she is ridiculously fluent in English. I will never forget her describing, her describing, simultaneously translating for her work and getting to the point where she was like, mm, the meaning is happening. I'm getting the right precision and all of that. But I want to get, she was saying out loud, I want to get the tone and the personality of the person into the language. 
not just the meaning, but she wanted to get the personality of the person in the language. So she was playing with the language as she's listening and translating immediately. She was trying to get that in. And I was like, wow, that is a level of fluency I rarely hear about. That's just amazing to me. So, and there's, there's a special relationship that she has with uh, reading also in Mandarin and in English. So I think you'll really want to check out Geopets 31. I do realize that I'm giving you a lot to listen to, and I'm actually going to go on hiatus from probably most of January because I'm changing countries. So you'll have plenty of time to go through all of this. <laughs> and I don't expect you to listen to all of these right now, but I want to give uh, a thanks, a special thanks to everybody that's participated on the Language Show, the Geopets podcast, which used to be its own podcast. Like it went from a YouTube channel, the Changing Scripts YouTube channel, to the Changing Scripts podcast. And then I folded three of my global podcasts into the Geopets podcast. And so I just, I feel so spoiled that these people have lent their voices to this project where we're, where we're just geekily spending time finding out not tips and tricks so much, but people's journey and people's relationship with language. It's so personal and it's so interesting to me and I hope it's interesting to you too. So if you get anything out of this episode, I hope there's at least one of these stories that piques your interest just a little bit. And I'm just highlighting the language ones because that's what we're doing this month. I personally would love it if you just listen to every episode we've ever done. <laughs> but, you know, there's, you know, time, life, all that kind of stuff. Who's next? Vaughn. Vaughn is by far the most quoted guest that I've had. His brain burn moment is something that keeps coming up in interviews after his. It's Geopets 33. And Vaughn talks about... Oh, the intensity with which he would study Mandarin for a while and then ease off and do that again, 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 again. And I believe if I have the number right, it, it's been about five years so far. Actually, it's a year since I talked to him um, in this episode. I have talked to him since then, but it's a year since we did this interview. So it's probably six years now. And him talking about the brain burn, the brain burn. Oh, I love this phrase. When you're studying so hard that you can literally feel your brain kind of stretching and growing and it hurts. It literally hurts. And this is something that I felt when I was studying engineering at university. And then for a long time, nothing. And then when I started learning Mandarin Chinese, I felt that. I didn't have a name for that. And I've had a few different people on and off the mic quote Vaughn in that moment of the brain burn. He has other things that are really interesting in that episode too, but I don't want to ruin it for you. Episode 33. Okay, then Eric Olander came back for part two um, and more questions from me <laughs> about his language learning process and stories and so, so much more. And I believe that was the interview where we spent a lot of time talking about his, his relationship with Chung Yu's, which are like the four character uh, for character saying, for character sayings, for character idioms, those kinds of things. That's Geopets 37. And I'm very spoiled because the whole reason I started to learn Mandarin Chinese is I moved back to mainland China about three years ago. And so many people around me, I just said yes when I was like, hey, can I interview you for this podcast? And they, you know, there's barely anybody listening at that point, but they were like, okay, sure. And they just, they were so great to sit there for 60 to 90 minutes and just be 
just be wonderful and just share their story. It's not easy to admit as an adult how difficult something is. And learning and going from Mandarin Chinese to English or the reverse is a really challenging process. And I feel like on some level, these people bear their linguistic souls on the podcast. And I'm forever grateful to have their stories available here. Geopets 40 is uh, Tanya Crossman. She has been with us a few times so far. She's joined us already twice in the month of November. She answered some questions I had on yes and no in Mandarin Chinese just a few days ago. And then earlier in the month, we were talking more about the emotional language in Mandarin Chinese that she's still struggling with. And she started learning and using the language in her teens. And um, yeah, so it's been, it's been a long journey and there's still a lot to learn. And Tanya's, Tanya's one of those people that's like a natural explainer. I'll ask something that I think is pretty out there or very self-explanatory, and she'll just kind of go blah, 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 and very much so lay it out and make it seem like it was the most brilliant question ever. And of course, here's your answer. And it just, and she's delightful and has great examples. And she's just, she's such a pleasure to listen to. That's Geopats 40. You're going to love her. She also does a lot of coaching on TCK's third culture kits. And she has the book Misunderstood, which is revelatory in so many ways. If you are, if you are a geopath, which I'm guessing you are, whether you're a TCK or not, I think there's, there's plenty in Misunderstood that will make sense to you. And I have gifted it to at least three different people who have and who are raising TCK children, and um, and I'll probably continue to do that because it's such an amazing explanation. And more than an explanation, it has the stories of a lot of TCKs that she's been working with over the years, and the different issues that they face, and the different beautiful things that can come out of being, oh, being that global of a soul. Taylor joined us in Geopets 43. And Taylor, um, I have such language jealousy with her. She seems to, she does, she does do a lot of work with languages, but she seems to really like be a fish to water with them to really dig in and to really experience the language and kind of gel with the language pretty early on. I can't even begin to list all of the languages she knows, but Mandarin Chinese is definitely one of them. And uh, during that interview, we were debating what her next one would be. And that's when she said, well, you know, I have to be careful because the next one's going to be the last one because your family can only be so big. So she kept relating languages as family members. And there is a natural extent to how big your family can be. Because you have to keep in contact with them too. It's not just learning them. You have to keep the relationship going. And that was her hesitation with putting too many languages in her family. And let's see, who is next? Lota, who is from Finland. And her and her family were in China for a while. And that's where I met her. So I don't even remember if it was a book group or it was a movie group, I'm not sure. But I remember thinking, wow, <laughs> she's at least trilingual because we're talking in English, she's talking to other people in Chinese. And and she clearly speaks Finnish and there's so much more to her story than meets the eye. But she is back in Finland and I believe she's studying engineering, if I remember correctly. My memory is 
terrible. I'm sorry, Lota. But um, but her experiences with uh, Mandarin Chinese while she was in Shanghai for that time period are really interesting. She did study in an intensive language program in Shanghai. And so you can hear the details of her experiences with that, as well as with TV shows and other media that she uses to keep her Mandarin Chinese alive. And Lota actually was going to start taking Mandarin Chinese classes again. And I forgot to follow up with her on that. I'm going to have to double check on her and see how that's going. So yeah, she definitely decided to keep going with Mandarin Chinese, um, which I get. I, I desperately do not want to drop whatever progress I have made by the time I leave on January 1st of 2020. Um, it's taken a long time for me to get this far, and I feel really, mm, really entrenched in the language. I can't understand a lot, but I feel like I've invested a lot of time and brain power, and I'm so interested in getting better at reading these beautiful, beautiful characters that are seriously like my linguistic muses at, muses at this point. Is muses a plural or is it muse? Musai. I have no idea. What I do know is that Josh and Geopets47, you heard from Josh this month also. He came back on for November mini episodes to talk about dating in Mandarin Chinese, and he had three really funny examples. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking of some other stuff too. Josh also has a new podcast called uh, Mandarin Slang Guide, MSG. You can find it on Apple Podcasts and I believe he's on Spotify and like all the big places now. Anyway, Josh has such a cool story. A lot of people say if you can get a job where you have to use Mandarin Chinese every day, you're so golden and you will progress so far. And that's what he did. And there's so much more to his language experiences. And he's ridiculously good at making the language personable and doable. If there's anyone that you can talk to and that he'll you'll leave thinking, I can do this, it's Josh. Then we on and Geopats 50, we talked to Angela, who is a dear friend of mine that I met uh, when we were both teaching in Nanjing, China. China the first time I was in man, mainland China, ma, 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 ma. what was that, 2010, Angela? Was that 2010? I think it was 2010. And um, she had been in China for a while. She keeps coming and going, to be honest with you. Well, she did. She had been coming and going, but she met her husband here. They got married here. We went to the wedding and uh, and then they moved to Canada and they've had a son and built, they built a life there. And it's just amazing. So I got to spend some time, some video time with her and learn so many things that I didn't realize about her language learning experience. Um, here in uh, Mandarin Chinese, and also how she's keeping her Mandarin alive um, in Canada. So that was a really cool one. So Geopets 50. And then on Geopets 56, we talked to Tom. Tom's actually coming up in a few days. He's doing a mini episode for us for this month. He's going to talk about his reading, which is funny because his name is, his handle is Tom Reads on Instagram, and he has quite the aesthetic Instagram account that um, where he shares his studying of Synology, his reading, his, um, to some level, fashion sense, and just different visual elements of his life. 
And um, yeah, if you if you like study pictures, his Instagram is the way to go. There's much more to it than that. And there's much more to Tom than that. He's a super intelligent, thoughtful, articulate person. And it was so much fun to to talk to him and to um, to hear his breakthroughs in Mandarin Chinese, among other languages. He said, I don't want to spoil his episode this week, but I'm going to a little bit. He's now moved on to Russian. He's still keeping all of his other languages alive, including Mandarin Chinese. And he's actually doing, you know, he's studying Sinology, which is based around um, China and Chinese studies, that kind of thing. But he's um, he started to learn Russian too. Oh, oh, I don't know how people do it. <laughs> I really don't, but I'm so glad that they do. And I'm so glad that we can hear their stories. It's inspiring. It is so inspiring to me. I hope it is to you too. So who was next? Cameron came on on Geopat 62. And he's one of the few people that has been willing to come on and I did a whole mini episode about this earlier this month, but he's one of the few people who decided to come on at the beginning, beginning-ish of his language learning journey. And he's going to return to us in February and report back on his six-month progress of how he's been doing. I know how he's been doing. We keep in contact. We're like accountability language buddies. So I, I hear from him at least uh, about once a week on how he's doing. And I can't wait for him to share his progress in February. But um, yeah, so we talk about where he's starting out, what his goals are, all that kind of good stuff. And um, and he shared some surprises that I didn't even know, even though we we chat weekly about language learning. There There's some family history with Mandarin Chinese, um, despite the fact that he's in Australia and not of Asian descent. There's, there's a history there that I didn't know about that you can find out in Geopet 62. Geopet 66, David Mosier. He wrote the book A Billion Voices, which is the clearest explanation I have read about the the history and the political struggles with modern day Pudonghua, Mandarin Chinese, the quote unquote common language. And so we talk a little bit about his uh, experience learning the language, the book, and so many other things. It's a rather long interview. And we're going to do- dive into different aspects of his language experience um, with Mandarin Chinese, because he is, like a lot of the guests, has a vast amount of experience with it. And um, yeah, so we're going to dive into different stuff every month. And actually, mm, it's hard to make this promise with all the editing that I've done in November, but I hope to have his next episode out at least by the first week of December, because we recorded it uh, before November started and then all of the longer episodes. <sighs> got put on hold, but um, I think you'll really, really enjoy episode 66, Geopet 66, and then know that he's coming back at the beginning of December, and hopefully if we can get the scheduling right once I move to Germany, once a month after that, to talk about different aspects of Mandarin Chinese. All right, I can't believe that's actually it. We've done it, we've gone through everybody that has come on the language show so far before November 1st hit. We have had some people join us for the first time during November, and I really, really hope they decide to come back either for another mini episode that I will be doing more of sporadically. Um, I will throw those in every now and then, uh, but we we will definitely keep the longer language story conversations as part of the mix also. I like the fact that 
um, that more of you have listened to the shorter episodes and I definitely will incorporate some of those into the mix, but I love these long conversations, so they're not going away. I hope you do dig into some of the things I talked about today with all these lovely, lovely people that have lent their language learning stories to the language show on the Geopaths podcast. I, I cannot even fathom why they volunteer their time to do this. And I don't know what I did right in the world to have this ability to capture their stories and to share them with you. But I, I really hope it continues because this is something I thoroughly enjoy doing. And I hope it continues on for a ridiculously, ridiculously long time. If you, or if you are someone who is thinking of starting learning Mandarin Chinese or has learned it or grew up with it and has learned other languages, including English, contact me. I would love to talk to you on this podcast, either in a mini episode that you can see in how we're doing those in November or for the longer form episodes. It's your choice. We have choices now. Now that I've experimented, we have more choices. Yay. All right. So that is your sneak peek behind what we have done with the language show so far pre-November 2019. So I hope you go back and listen to some of these folks. They are amazing. There are detailed show notes with each of these, with the guest's information, the different resources that they mention, whether it be books or movies, TV shows, apps they used, anything like that. I take ridiculously good show notes because I want this to be a resource for you because language learning is hard. Learning Mandarin Chinese, learning languages, it's difficult and not everything works for everybody. So I figured the more resources we throw out there, the more you can experiment with and the more success you can have. And the more you hear people struggle, maybe it won't feel so bad that you're struggling too. It's kind of how I feel. Somebody learning the language for 15, 20, 25 years and still doesn't quite have this one thing that I'm confused on, that makes me feel a little bit better then it's not going to be perfect at any point. It's just going to be used eventually and then clarified because that's what we do with language. We use it. Well, I hope to anyway at some point in the future. And I hope you do too. Thank you so much for listening to this ridiculously long summary episode of what we've done with the language show so far on the Geopaths podcast. I appreciate you so much. Shishini. Satyan. Saint Cecilia, I can hear you whispering my name But today I can't play your game Saint Cecilia, you know you're the mistress of my heart But tonight I won't play the part, no well, If you love me, well, cure my ills if you need me, then pay my bills. Well, if you want me, then let me know. But if you don't, Saint Cecilia, let me go. Saint Cecilia, I have always been in love with you. Though you haven't been as true, Marcus Aurelius. Couldn't end your timeless melody And you could spell the end of me Oh, well, if you love me 
Let me go. 